We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up the Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. draft week Andy Liu are you excited it's been a century and a half I have never this week is gonna be insane Sam we're gonna have the the best Warriors week that we've had in a week in a year and a half I've never been more excited also 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 I'm mostly excited for what we're gonna put on Wednesday night Sam and that is the light years official draft party on YouTube. So we will be posting the link on social, but premium members will be able to join us 30 minutes before the draft starts at 4.30 Pacific Standard Time. And then at 5 p.m., we will push out the link to all social feeds. Come join us, second screen with us, watch the draft on your TV, watch Andy and I on your computer, on your laptop, whatever it may be. Maybe you're super cool with four TV screens in your living room. You can get a third screen. You can watch you know, the puppy bowl, whatever it may be. Um, what are we going to have going on on the show? Yeah, we'll have, a, we'll have a couple of special guests that come on. We're excited. They're going to do some live reacts. Like, you know, it's either going to be we'll do some live reacts on James Wiseman. It's going to be tra- trade down stuff. It's just going to be. When they trade gonna, the number two for Giannis. I mean, everyone's going to want to call into the show then. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, if he gets traded for Giannis, nobody's coming on. It's just going to be me and you. And we're just going to rip shots virtually with our fans. It's, it's going to be a great time. We're going we're gonna to do um, pre-show, live show, post-show. Um, we can talk all the Devin Facel that you want. And so we'll, we'll so just, just to be clear, we're going to have some special guests on, live reactions during the draft. We are also sponsored by Warriors World. Shout out Sheed, the godfather of all Bay Area sports. Um, there's going to be special giveaways to the best questions. So make sure you come in. We're going to randomly be choosing people who have great comments or questions. You will be getting a gift box from Warriors World. Those boxes always have shirts, stickers, beanies. It's always, I mean, they're A1. You know, you've seen all of uh, Warriors World shirts. It's just nonstop hits after hits. Like at a certain point, I'm like, dude, I don't even wear other t-shirts. I just have like 40 Warriors World shirts. 
It's actually true though, but I I have like 20 uh sheet hoodies. It's it's just nonstop in a variety of colors. But man, yeah, it's going to be great. Um we will have I think an unlimited amount of people that can come on too. It's not going to be like last time. So, uh I'm excited. Technical difficulties have been fixed. <laughs> All right, man. All right, so we hope to see you there and we have a special guest today. We're finally entering the most exciting week of the season for the Warriors. I mean, I feel like they haven't played basketball in multiple presidential cycles at this point. So. I think what we're trying to do is, after Sam Vecini last week, we're trying to bring on every person that writes 5,000 words for their like mock drafts and, and, and like their scouting reports. And, and KOC writes, I think, what was the last one? 20,000? 25? Well, is it like? But you got the graphics, though. You got the nice graphics going. I'm sure. I'm sure you're doing it yourself, hand handmade. You know, so it's. Whew, you guys are putting in work. The draft guide is a lot of words. It all adds up doing those scouting reports. <laughs> but, but you know, the graphics. Thankfully, I don't have to do those. We have an amazing team that does those, and like I, I don't know how they make it work. They're they're magic. It's magic what they do. So you're listening to Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer. Kevin, we really appreciate you stopping by this week. Obviously, it's weird. It's like the NBA is right upon us right now. It just kind of snuck up on us. And uh, I guess I want to start with your most recent mock. Uh, You had the Warriors taking James Wiseman, and you kind of prefaced it saying, you know, you're not convinced they're not going to trade down or anything. But tell me what you think about James Wiseman, because your comps just crack me up. (laughs) Mild-mannered. Rashid Wallace is the best comp I can think of for a player. Um, you know, James Wiseman, there's the potential there is clear. You know, he's seven foot, you know, with a seven six wingspan and he runs the floor so hard. And, you know, there's, there's a clear baseline for success with Wiseman. He can be somebody who rim runs and rim protects with his sheer size. And that's a good thing, you know, for Golden State, like they could use that year one. Um, but moving forward, like I have my hesitations with him as a, you know, tapping into a higher upside as a player because of the big man in today's NBA. Unless you're like Nikola Jokic, you know, an elite passing big man who's like also a really good scorer, unless you're Giannis Antetokounmpo who like defies position or unless you're AD who can defend any position and score from anywhere on offense. I don't, I don't love the idea of someday paying a big man over $20 million annually. And with James Wiseman, I think he's going to be a good player, but I wonder if he's going to fall into that category of a big man where it's like, you know, Andre Drummond are better. You know what I'm saying? Where like Drummond is a good player, but do I want to have Drummond on my team where like he becomes a a restricted free agent after his rookie deal. And it's like, I'm paying him a max. And then you're kind of stuck on that path. And with Wiseman, He's going to be good. I just feel like you can find bigs elsewhere in the draft. Jokic was a second rounder. Bam was drafted in the mid first round. The Lakers just won, you know, obviously they had AD, but they had JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard off the scrap heap. The Warriors won with McGee and all oh, so many different guys over the years. Shout so out Zaza sort of, Pachulia. Yeah, Zaza yeah. Pachulia. It's like, that's sort of where I, I'm like with Golden State. It's a great fit for Wiseman. I'm not sure if that's the path I want to go down upon the this, Warriors. This, this is a little bit different then from, I mean, it's the same. And I think everyone agrees with that one where it's like, Hey, he can play right away. Mm-hmm. He'll help the Warriors win probably more so than any player in the draft so far. But I think the the, the point you made that nobody has is you're going to have to pay the guy. Although I don't yeah. know if Warriors are really, I don't know if Warrior fans are really thinking about that right now. Who would you then, we've talked about Wiseman a lot. So who then would you like, if you, you could really just pick anyone. Let's say the were if you were Bob Myers and Joe Lacob and you had, you know, on like unchecked power, you were running the show. What would you do? So you're Kirk Lacob. So you have unchecked power. You can do whatever you want. (laughs) Shout out Kirk. (laughs) Who, like who would you then pick if, if you're just saying I'm willing to take a risk on a guy and, and he may be worth 20 million on the next contract. I mean, my number one option would be to trade down, which we probably agree with the, you know, the Warriors front office. I'm sure that's their preference. It's a matter of, is that trade available? I don't know. To me, you know, my number one prospect on my board is Killian Hayes, a French point guard, uh, 19 years old. And and to me, he should be in that conversation with Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball because of the shot making ability, uh, the potential as a passer, he's already so good at making high level passes and the defensive ability is far beyond what uh, Edwards and LaMelo ball 
have thus far shown throughout their basketball lives. And Killian Hayes, I mean, the knock on him oftentimes is his handle. He doesn't have a right hand because, you know, he's a left-handed player. Right. But I think you could say the same thing with, with like Tyrese Halliburton. He never uses his left hand. Oh, you're going right to say James player. Harden, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Harden's gotten better at it. Like it can, to me, that's an easily improvable skill. And Killian Hayes is the guy that I would target there if I were the GM, of course. Kevin Strauss. Doing, yeah, I mean, I know Ethan Ethan loves wow. Killian Hayes, too. I mean, and with Golden State, I know Killian Hayes has drawn a little bit of interest in the middle of the lottery. Don't know if he'll go there. Like, I know Detroit likes him. I don't. I know James Wiseman's probably the preference there. But to me, I feel like he's a guy we're going to look back a couple of years from now and go, oh, he should have been a top three pick. Yeah, why did he, why did he go 11 or whatever it may be? Yeah, he could even fall out of the lottery. I mean, his range is right. – pretty wide i mean i would say for him it's probably like do you seven, think, do you think he can shoot though 15. do you think he can shoot yeah. because that it okay he, so he shot 29 percent from three which right. is obviously alarming so um, did anthony edwards though <laughs> so did, yeah so did anthony edwards the difference is, is like killian hayes has shown so much better touch in all other areas he shot well over 80 percent from the line in multiple years overseas he has great touch on floaters great touch on layups and he shoots well off the dribble uh the problem with him has been like stiff uh spot up shooting mechanics and, and again like to me i feel like some of his flaws are more easily improvable whereas with like lamello with edwards so much of it is like effort how many guys go from being like low effort players in college or internationally and then turn into like super reliable defenders ben simmons number one he was trash at lsu on defense other than that like i i i have yet to hear like many responses like of people that become reliable defenders sometimes good defenders sure reliable all the time very rare no yeah i'm trying to think about it because like someone like anthony edwards like the tools are very obvious oh yeah but then you're but then you're just like you're kind of talking yourself into it's like if he's not defending or trying to defend at a level where he's more physically gifted than everyone how's it going to How's it going to change when he gets to a level where he's, you know, no longer as much of a standout physically? Have you guys like, so is there sort of a preference for Warriors fans? Because I feel like talking to people in the league, nobody knows what the Warriors want to do. Like this stuff about like people operating as if Lamelo is going to be number one. That's not the case. Nobody knows what's going to happen one, two or three. And I don't think we're going to know until Wednesday night. Like do Warriors fans reflect that uncertainty or, or is there is there like a consensus on what people want the the prevailing notion i think is is the trade down for a wing so that's why when you throw out killing Hayes, it's like yeah i don't i don't know even if the warriors drop back to seven like they're even going to look at him in my opinion so like my next question was like all right we'll take out Hayes, right take out edwards which i, I don't know like i think mm. maybe maybe not Wiseman, maybe maybe not but then it's really like the poo poo platter wings of who do you <laughs> like the most Isaac Coral, <laughs> Devin Vassell, uh, Patrick Willis, Denny Avdia. Like, of those guys, dude, like, is there someone that you think? Because I think those are the guys that the Warriors want. And I think those are the guys that Warriors fans want um, at the four to. I'm going to. I'm going to, I'm going to bounce back on that. I think I've actually seen more warrior fans talk themselves into Wiseman because you have to understand <laughs> this fan base has been like obsessed with a, getting a big man. Um, my whole lifetime, which goes back to like run TMC. Yes. Like they've yes. never had a big man. And it's, it's hilarious that like they go through kind of a five-year glory period, probably going to be the best five years in franchise history. It's hard to imagine them going to five straight finals What's ever NBA again. History, right. Yeah. Um, and they did it by going small. And still all I hear from fan base is we need a big, <laughs> we just, we've never had a big, we need a big. So. I mean, like with Wiseman, to me, I mean, we made a video about this on The Ringer a couple of weeks ago, and the video is sort of looking at Wiseman through the lens of the Warriors. And I feel like Golden State is clearly the best fit for Wiseman to develop as a player because with you guys, with the presence of Steph and Clay, and, you know, the system there, you know, the winning environment, to me, his flaws are reading the floor. On defense, sometimes he's slow to make rotations. He jumps at pump fakes a lot of the time. And like for so a guy Draymond will yell at him a lot. Oh, I'm sure Draymond will get fed <laughs> up with him for like really quickly. And that, that accountability could help a guy like him. And then on offense, the passing just hasn't been there from what I've seen. With Golden State, you've got to make quick decisions with a lot of cutting and movement that's happening. So in some ways, it's a difficult fit for him probably, but I think that challenge would benefit him in the long run. And so – like the upside there for him in Golden State is pretty significant to learn and grow with those guys because he can just do the basics. He could rim run. 
he can set screens. He can use his body around the rim and hopefully get better over time and defending on the perimeter because the potential is clear. Like he has a lane to be one of those bigs. You know, like I said earlier, there's not a lot of bigs that want to pay over $20 million. There is a path for him to become one of those guys that's worth that money. My confidence level just isn't there for like the number two pick in the draft, even though for Golden State, I wouldn't be mad about it because that's his best fit. Charlotte, ugh, I don't know. Minnesota with Cat and D'Lo, I mean, uh, that feels like a disaster potentially. Golden State, yeah, cool. Makes sense to me. Of the wings, though, you have – well, first of all, you have Onyeka Okongwu, though. That feels like more of a fit kind of thing for, um, for Charlotte. But of the wings, you do have my guy, Denny Avdia, right at the top. And I, I, we did our big boards last week. I had Denny at one. Whoa. Is that I yeah? Like I just I love the yeah. offensive style. I mean, I see Gallinari, I see Batum here. You have those guys like you know, Batum is one of my favorite players. I mean, he sucks. Prime him, Batum. But, people yeah. forget how good he was, right? He is a big hipster basketball fan like, <laughs> guy. So that that's why I do love FD up. But of those guys, do you think Denny FD is he the guy? To me, he feels like he can fit right away. Like he can score right away. He can like he's a perfect fit with that offense right away. The defense maybe kind of a problem, but do you think he can shoot? I think that's really the biggest question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the answer is there because, you know, he has streaks where he shoots the ball really well, but then you look at the numbers and it's like, Oh, low thirties from three yeah. point line, 50% from the free throw line. And, and, you know, I thought it was interesting. I, I, earlier this summer, he said, like, I think it was like an NBA draft, you know, media interview. And he talked about how to him, it's really not about the mechanics. It's the mental side. And, and I followed up with him last week during his, draft combine interview and he sort of just reemphasized that you know you know as a young kid and not you know as a teenager playing professionally and all the pressure and with his body changing at the same time and you know having to adjust to you know getting bigger and you know how that affects your shot when your body is changing for him you know it's just been a big adjustment and I hear that and it makes sense to me but that happens to everybody when they get bigger and not everybody yeah, shooting fifty percent from the line, you know? I was gonna say that's actually kind of a red flag. That yeah. I don't wanna I mean, okay. Obviously, now I'm just going to compare him to the only other Israeli player I can think of, which is Omri Caspi. But <laughs> it reminds me of how, like, when Omri Caspi, who's been a really reliable shooter in the NBA for most of his career, comes to the Warriors and just gets shook and won't shoot because he's just like, you know, Steve Kerr's yelling at everyone to keep moving, and it's like. Steph's on one side, Clay's on the other, Kevin Durant's <laughs> over there. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy who's like jacking shots when those guys are there. And I, I don't know. That's the first thing I think of when you say Denny's like, yeah, it's a mental thing, which is. I know. I, I don't love to hear that. And, and it's the type of thing where he, you know, he shot the ball well when basketball restarted overseas this year, and then it sort of tailed off again. But like he, you know, to Andy's point, he does everything else well. He is such a smart player. He handles the ball well. He can pass for you at six foot nine. Like playing style wise, he fits right in Last from 16. day one, yep. right? Like he's going to contribute and can do so much for you. Like, the, like imagine, you know, you can do so much. You can have him screen for Steph and have the, the opponent switch and get a mismatch one way or the other. You can have him run pick and roll. You can have him do everything. And on defense, he's, He's reliable. He knows how to defend and he plays really hard on that end. Like, like there's so much to like, there's everything to like except for the jumper. And to me, that's like, how often do we fall in love with guys that don't have jump shots? Justice Winslow years ago. I loved, I still I like loved him. him. I still like him too. And he, <laughs> I mean, you know, I still like him, but he's, he's gotten better, but the shot is still not like a high volume that reliable. Yeah. And with Denny to me, like it's the type of thing where, we don't have the benefit of seeing him in a workout and talking to everybody in his circle, like the warriors can. And, and that's the type of thing that would give me confidence. If he shoots the heck out of it and workouts, I know it's open gym, but that stuff does matter. And if he's like clanking a lot of shots off the room, like Anthony Edwards was in, in the pre-draft workout with clutch and ESPN, which still kind of weird. That was aired on TV. Uh, <laughs> Is it uh, weird? I don't know. Uh, I guess it's not too surprising. Not that weird. <laughs> but, um, you know, unless we say like, when you see that it's worrisome. It with Denny. I'm, I like him a lot and I would feel good about drafting him high, but number one, I want, I would want more confidence about the jumper. 
Because with Killian Hayes, you get the free throw percentage. You get the touch and floaters and layups with Back Denny. To Killian. You, with Denny, you get touch. But free throw percentage and confidence, those are big questions. Perfect Warriors role player, by the way. Just perfect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just passing it in circles. And, does, he, yeah. does he need to shoot? At an elite level with Golden State, or can he like can it be Iguodala? I think, level I think he okay. just needs someone that wants to fucking shoot, right? Like Draymond, yeah. I think is petrified of of anything that resembles shooting a basketball more than like actually actually ever. Um, so it'd be w- nice Wiggins, to have someone. Wiggins, you you kind of don't want him to feel like he has a green light because we've seen how that goes. So yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing if the fifth player or another player in the lineup combo is someone who's kind of looking to pass first and find Steph and Clay relocating which ties to the player I like most and hilariously can't shoot as well. And that's Isaac Okoro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just feel like the D, he, he's easily the best defender in the draft. And like, yeah, it's weird. It, it's not weird. Weird's the wrong word. It's not common to see an 18 year old be that cerebral defensively too on the perimeter. Like obviously he has the physical tools, but like you watch some of the Auburn games He's playing essentially the Iguodala or Draymond role, calling everything out, tagging guys that are going through the lane and doing stuff that, like, quite frankly, the Warriors are going to ask. And it's something you don't see as much in college as more of like an NBA thing. I think would you he take has the number two. I would not take him number two. This one, this one, I'm getting bit down to. I, I hope there's a trade down option for them because uh, one, the pressure is just lower if you get like Isaac Okoro or Denny Advia at like six or seven. Like, there's not the second overall pressure um two i think he just he's gonna play 15 minutes a game off the bench immediately for them just because of his defense and his his uh passing on offense and then like from there he can grow into it so i don't know what you think of him it's it's kind of funny because like with okoro i mean again it's like almost the same thing with abdia Mm-hmm. there's so much to like the defense everything you said 100% with you there and like I feel like there's aspects of his game on offense that are underrated he's such a good decision maker and he makes such nice passes off the dribble and attacks closeouts with such purpose and he's so decisive on closeouts and yet he's so indecisive when it comes to shooting the ball and the lack of confidence there in addition to just like the low free throw percentage low three-point percentage Perfect. you know if he touched it's just like Another one of those guys were the Justice Winslow. Like, I had Justice Winslow like second in that draft. I love Justice Winslow. I still like Justice Winslow. But, you know, the Stanley Johnsons of the world, you know, yeah. you can go to the extremes of the Kid Gilchrist. Yeah. We've seen these guys come time and time again throughout the league. And so often they just don't work out. And I think that's why we're starting to see somebody like a Patrick Williams go up people's boards and through the pre-draft process, like a great kid higher confidence level that it becomes a better shooter you know he has the body and the defensive abilities a bit more raw like he's not as seasoned right so coral but you know the abilities there for him and i i would be willing to bet that is why so many other teams are starting to rank that guy above whereas with okoro you know when like you know i'm trying to you know doing an accurate mock draft is going to be impossible because there's going to be trades but with okoro there has been like no good indication of where he's going to go Originally, it was <laughs> Cleveland at five. That has right. vanished right. in recent weeks. And maybe like that's because he's their pick, but I don't think so. I think they want Obi Toppin or Denny Abdi at five. Um, but you know, oh, Obi Toppin. God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with Denny, with uh, Okoro, there's been no indication of where he's going to go. He could fall out of the top ten. So he's Ooh. a trade-down candidate for sure. Sam, we ha- we're convinced, by the way, last week, we're convinced, or Sam is convinced that Isaac Coral is going to be the next Jimmy Butler and Andre Godala. So don't <laughs> – so you can't I've, – I've, I've gone into some, some dark YouTube holes here. I mean, I've had a lot of time to go over all these guys. So. <laughs> if you had to, KLC, if you had to, because uh, we think the Warriors are going to be back in the 4-8 to eight range. Like, we think that's most likely what, what's going to happen. They'll, they'll either have – Do you think so? Trade back. Yeah, they'll trade back. Like, that's their first – and, and I think they'll be able to do something. Like, they'll get – like, eight is the Knicks, I think. Six is the – six is the Hawks. They may, not, they may not get what Warrior fans think they would get for someone leapfrogging three to four picks, but I do think that it's, there's going to be some sort of tradeback option for them. My yeah. conspiracy theory is so mm-hmm. the little mellow ball stuff this past week, you know, with, you know – all the stuff about him maybe going number one with the workouts. He had the private workout with Minnesota. Then he had the group workout with Golden State, Charlotte, and Detroit, the team picking seventh. You know, 
Detroit definitely likes him. And there's people in Lamelo's camp that want him to go to Detroit. Wouldn't it make logical sense that if you're Minnesota and you want to trade down and you're Golden State at two and you want to trade down and you're Charlotte at number three and you want to trade down to make Detroit think that you're the team that's going to pick Lamelo, or you just take him anyway for the trade down. If like, you know, they want to trade up and they will trade up, take Lamelo in that case. And if that, if that happens, at number seven, there's so many good players still there that Golden State could get. And LaMelo could, you know, go to Detroit, do his thing there, and that could all work out for both teams. But for the Warriors, like, to me, it's a no-brainer. Trading down is the priority here. You know, you get a rookie on a lower uh, rookie uh, cap deal, which right. is important, you know, especially with the luxury tax and all that. And it's important in terms of the fact that you're not reaching for a guy necessarily, and you can still get the type of wing that you're looking for, whether it's Vassell or Okoro or Williams, if he's there. There's so many options for Golden State in number seven. And that player at seven could end up being the best player in the draft because all those guys up top have huge question marks. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not like you're trading down from getting Zion to picking you know, like yeah. a core or something. So it's, it's just a total grab bag. I'm, I guess before we move off of the draft, I want to ask you this uh, gut instinct. Do you think there will be a lot of trading in the lottery in the top 10 or are you, um, do you think it's going to, yeah, everyone's going to kind of like play a game of chicken where nothing really happens? I, I mean, like you never know. Well, that right. always happen. But I would expect trades. I think Atlanta is definitely the one most probable to make a move. Atlanta's it's the just one. A matter with who, you know. And with Detroit, I, like I said, I'm suspicious of them being in that workout. Um, either it's like either they're looking at Detroit as a backstop in the event Lamelo slips, or it's the fact that there's a high probability that they move up and that they want them in that workout to increase the chances that they that they move up because they want him to go there. So, you know, maybe we get two trades. It's been what, three years in a row now. We've had teams trade down from the top five. I believe we had the DeAndre Hunter trade last year. We had uh, Luca and Trey with Jason Tatum. So three years in a row now, why not a fourth year? To me, like it's another year where it makes total sense to do it. Yeah. You might have multiple, you might have all three teams, although it does feel like maybe Charlotte's trading up, but I don't know if that's really like trading up for James Wiseman one pick. I don't know about that. It's going to be interesting there. Like they like Wiseman and Okongwu, but I mean, what does Michael Jordan want? That would be my question. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> maybe he'll just trade that. Maybe he'll trade that pick away and get him for us. I mean, just that about. Doesn't, doesn't Lamelo feel like a Michael Jordan type of player? Like a big splash, get people in the seats, get people excited, get the eight seed, get two playoff games of revenue. Seems oh, like yeah. I mean, oh, I can also see Michael Jordan just watching a Lamelo or an Anthony Edwards like kind of half speed workout and just being very offended. And wanted to play them one on one immediately afterwards. They just end up with Isaac Coro and just end up with Isaac Coro at three. Like I wouldn't be super. Like I, there is, I think, one of these these wing guys that somebody's going to take early. Like I think Patrick Williams could easily go at like three um, or four or something. Maybe the Warriors go insane and just take the best player available or who they think is the best player available. That, that's why I asked. I mean, like, would you be happy if they took him at two or would you take him at two? Because to me, who cares? Where like everybody, who cares what the media thinks? Who cares like what this main this so-called mainstream consensus says? It's it's irrelevant. It doesn't mean anything. It, there's no consensus. And so like if Golden State doesn't have a trade with you know Detroit or anybody else to move down for the guy that they really want, just take the guy you really want. Like I, I that's the way I sort of land with it. And that's why I mean sometimes that could screw you over. You can end up with Anthony Bennett. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, something did say. Well, Sam, we are going to see Denny Avdia, too, in three days. It is going to be truly incredible. But, you know, like, there's times in the past where I believe it was, uh, I don't know, what year was Paul George drafted? 2011, 2010? I know Minnesota that year, they took Wesley Johnson. And, you know, I've heard so many stories about how that, like, almost the entire front office wanted Paul George. They wanted to take Paul George. But because Paul George wasn't ranked higher than Wesley Johnson and how fans would react and, you know, how the ownership felt about it because of public perception, they ended up having to go with Wesley Johnson. And that's an example of the inverse where you made the mistake instead of shout out David Kahn. Yeah. (laughs) I I do feel like, I do feel like on that point, I'm not too sure I'm worried about the Warriors doing that because we saw them trade a couple picks after talking about Alan Smiley Geach for a year when nobody on earth wanted him. So I do think they think themselves as a, as the light years team. So I do think they will pat themselves <laughs> on the back if they end up drafting like a, 
uh, Devin Vassell at two, like I do think they'll slurp themselves rather than worry about anyone else. I do think that is a Warriors thing. You're going to have Fitz on team accounts saying how he reminds of a Paul George or something like that. Fitz is just the, the, the ultimate company man. You can't. <laughs> it could be the next BG. I like that comp, Sam. We'll run <laughs> Football is back in full swing. Bet online. They're with us always. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. Unless you're the Niners. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Uh, head to Bet Online today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code. You know what it is. Blue Wire at betonline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Indeed. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses from the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with Candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, All right. which means more quality candidates will see it in fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That's their best offer available anywhere. So right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Let's, uh, let, let's talk, because so we have free agency at the end of the week. Um, Boy, obviously, and, so soon. <laughs> trade, trade and trades, season yeah, tomorrow. Obviously the, trade season tomorrow morning. Right? I guess yeah. are, are we? We're assuming that Lakers Dennis Schroeder trade is is official, right? Yeah, or it's not. Or it's like the handshake agreements there, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly, so, yeah. um, I'm looking at mid level exception options here for the Warriors, and like the three best names are Serge Ibaka, Danilo Gallinari, and Marcus All. I have no clue if the first two would accept a mid-level exception. Uh, Kevin, what do you think of their kind of free agent market there? And are like, should I even consider those for the Warriors or is that just way out of the realm? We, you know, with Gallo, I had one source tell me last week that New York was an option for him. Okay. Uh, and, and it, when, 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 I don't know like if to make anything of that or what, but you know, Gallinari to me, why would you sign in New York? And yeah. Sign a Golden State, you know, like he had that tweet about a month ago where he's like, it's, you know, Oh, I need to win. Translated quote. Yeah, five million though. It's about winning now and all that. So you know, unless he's getting paid a lot, unless maybe he thinks he can win in New York soon, um, to me it should be about winning for him. But I I think any of those guys, especially Gallo, Gallo, you know, like almost everything we said about FD sort of applies. I was going to say they could just draft Gallo, but yeah, you're right. (laughs) Gallo's actually good. We know he's good. Yeah, yeah. Gallo could come in right away and make that impact, and he's a proven shooter. Um, and maybe, maybe if you don't draft Evdia, you can draft somebody else and then get old Evdia in that case and help your championship hopes short term instead of long term. So that makes sense to me. Um, and I, I'm sure they'll have, I'm sure they'll have a lot of uh, interest for that because why not go chase a ring with Golden right. State? I mean, the thing is, is there's competition. Lakers have a mid level, right? You know, a lot of teams have their mid level right now. So um, there's yeah, a lot of great free agents out there. I was going to say everything you could say about them being like a perfect piece to help uh, to win a championship with the Warriors could also apply to the Lakers, the Clippers, the Celtics, and um, maybe even Miami too. Yeah, so like they're all thing there. Yeah. Well, I, although I, the Warriors, I guess could offer them like a starting spot or at least like 28, 35 minutes a game. Like that's the difference. Like more so yeah. like you could close with the Warriors. Although, although I feel like it is more interesting with what Kelsey, you think about the traded player exception is who they can get. So it sounds like that's not going to, right expire until what the 22nd 
the 23rd. So they got a little bit of time. 27th. 27th. Yeah. And that's worth what? 17 million. Yeah. 17.2. 17.2. That's the number. I mean, in that case, are there any names that stand out to you guys? Like a, like an Evan Fournier, like he fits right in there. I know Orlando, you know, and him could potentially be parting ways. Well, let me, out of interest. let me ask you this. I, I mean, who do you think, which teams do you think would actually be looking to sell? Because I think from a Warriors perspective, the issue here is they probably don't want to give up much future draft capital because they still want to have the ability to be a player if, you know, Giannis demands a trade, if Ben Simmons or Embiid goes south the way it looks like it might go. They want to be able to say like, hey, we got this Wolves pick and we have all these future picks that we can offer. So I think they're, it's a little similar probably to what the Celtics were running into with like, you know, Kyrie, but they also had Tatum and young players. Like they didn't want to commit all in one direction and give up all their assets when they didn't know they had a commitment. But um, now I'm going in circles. But my question for you is what, what teams do you think would actually be willing to part with, let's just say players making over 10 million who'd fit into that traded player exception range that you basically would just be giving them like a second round pick just to take the salary. Um, you, when I, when I, when I think about this stuff, I always pull up this, the spot track uh, player rankings, right. you know, with the salaries and just scroll down and like for just to go through it, like Fournier, right. If the Rockets blow it up, Eric Gordon, right. um, somebody like a like a Cody Zeller <laughs> super yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know it gets Disgusting. pretty like you know uninteresting really quickly for some of the names that you're going down the list and uh, I mean like a fatty Rudy Gay Rudy Gay <laughs> it's, it's pretty mean, bad like, yeah and think, like, and think about the tax money that the Warriors yes. have to pay like you're not just getting Rudy Gay or like you're not just getting someone for 10 mil right like let's say Kelly oh, yeah. Olenek you're paying <laughs> You're paying a lot more, and uh, granted, it's alleviated a little bit because you know the new rules this right, year. But right, still, right. you're still paying a lot more, and and part of me just sort of feels like maybe they should let it expire. I mean, is there anything really out there that's worth it? I, I don't I don't think so. I, I mean, you're you're talking about a blowback. I think that's the one. Like, I don't know, I don't know if the blowback being like drafting, like Patrick Williams. You know, at two is is that bad? I think they'll get away with that. But I think Joe Lacob, after spending years of <laughs> big talk and then spending thirty million dollars trying to get people back in stands, which is great, but yeah. then not spending on the traded player exception would be whoo, like you think there is a there is a scenario though that that happens. Sure, yeah. I mean, if there's nothing interesting out there, how about Larry Nance from Cleveland? Oh god, I mean, Larry worse. Nance was playing the three last year for them because the amount of bigs that they have, and I know they like Larry Nance there. Um, but like, if you gave up an asset for Larry Nance, to me, Larry Nance is one of the more underrated players right now. Like, because he's stuck in Cleveland, but he's gotten better as a shooter. He's really versatile on defense, like way more than you just think. Like when you think about think about him in college at Wyoming or with the Lakers when he was just a rim runner at center, he's a good player. And to me, that's like he's a great passer too. To me, he he checks a lot of boxes for what makes sense for the Golden State Warriors. So like maybe an asset with, you know, using the trade exception to get Larry Nance if Cleveland, I don't know what Cleveland's plans are there, but maybe, maybe that could make some sense. Yeah. It's very unexciting. (laughs) What I was going to, um, it's more exciting than Evan Fournier. <laughs> and my, and if Evan Fournier can score the ball a little bit, but yeah, no. So I, I th- yeah, I think it's either way, right? I think what Warriors fans or what the Warriors may be looking for, it's like looking at the, their draft pick of Jordan Poole. It's which bad draft pick, but I think is something that they're looking at. It's like they need someone to score. You look at what happened with the Raptors and the Warriors a couple of years ago, and you're like, it was Looney, Draymond, and Nigodala literally playing hot potato for 48 minutes a game and just praying. Yeah. So I think they're they might have over overcompensated like by drafting someone like Jordan Poole, where he can't. Turns out he can't actually score or shoot or defend. <laughs> but I think that's he's, what he's a ways at. he's a ways away. We'll, we'll be polite. But, <laughs> <laughs> That pick was uh, shocking. Yeah. Pick. I did not expect him. Uh, no, they don't expect him to be good either, so don't worry. <laughs> it's always, I mean, Jesus. it's never a good sign when everyone outside of your bubble is like, huh, those are the picks that uh, the Warriors have made are a little off the wall. So, 
but uh, with Golden State, you mentioned their bigs. How do you guys feel? Like, how do Warriors fans feel about the big man position right now for you guys? Like, how much does that need to be addressed? <laughs> Watching the Lakers win, and obviously how dominant Anthony Davis was, and Warrior fans do fundamentally believe they should be in the title hunt next year. So it's a lot of how do we, how do the Warriors deal? with Anthony Davis and LeBron, which, I mean, everyone has a problem with that. But it's that's that's the fundamental question. So I feel like it's gotten more focus this offseason than from the fan base than maybe it should. Uh, but it is like a fundamental question of what they want to do. That's why I kind of brought up someone like Marcus Gasol. Yeah. Uh, we know Steve Kerr would love everything Marcus Gasol is about on offense. Like, could not be a better fit there. Um, didn't have the greatest series uh, against the Celtics in the playoffs. Looked a little old there. I, I can't tell, you know, if, if how much I should read into that. He is thirty-five, though. The the problem is like the problem is that even if you get a good start, like even if they end up with Aaron Baines, I think is a good is a good candidate. I think for very productive team. fits what they want to do. Yeah. Like he he won't do much against AD and LeBron. The, the thing is, you the only guy you can probably get in the market is probably Serge Ibaka that could play. Like he'll finish. Like he can he'll be able to go with AD. Like that's the only guy. But then the Lakers may sign him. So it's like, oh, no. do you feel good about Draymond in that AD matchup? Oh, see, this is a uh, this is a good good topic for Sam because I don't know how much anybody believes that Draymond is ready to play championship basketball. So there's low confidence right now. And so Draymond, you know, he coasted and, you know, he wasn't the same last year or even really the year before. Do you, do you have, there's not much confidence that he gets back to that guy, like in a, in a comeback season, he's not rejuvenated or do you need to see it to believe it from him because of how much he's fallen off? I mean, I, I think the days of like 2016 Draymond, who was like a one man defensive scheme are gone. Uh, but I think some version of still being one of the better positional defenders and smart team defenders is there. Uh, but that comes back to like, who are you putting next to him? I, I don't think it's realistic to have him play the five with Andrew you, Wiggins. Right? Yeah. With Wiggins. And like, I mean, when the Warriors went with that small ball lineup, one you had Iguodala, who's one of the best wing defenders of a generation. And then Kevin Durant's yeah. basically the same size, as Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's rim protection in his own way. So for but even me, before that, you know, I mean, even out who that, yeah, I was going to say figuring out who that fifth guy is in that lineup is the bigger question to me than whether it's a center, a small forward, a power forward, or whatever it may be. Does it make any sense to trade Draymond? They can't trade him. Who's believe me? Him? Yeah, they can't trade him. Like, like it is. What's that? Oh, you're talking. Oh, KOC here is the same. You know, it's the, you know KOC sources. I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's just great. I, but who? But who? Like, it's four more years and a hundred million dollars, right? Like, even if they want to, and even if he becomes somewhat of a problem, the, fun, maybe, the fundamental issue is wants them. They can't do a they can't do a uh, salary dump where they're just trying to clear cap space because they won't clear space. There's like there's no route to which if you get rid of Draymond next summer you have twenty million dollars to play with, you know. Yeah. So and, and the problem is too like is if Milwaukee wants to unload Giannis, it's like why would they ever want Draymond? <laughs> it's like why, why why do these teams even want like Philly? Why did why do they, why would they even yeah. want Draymond? Why why would Washington if they flip Beal want? That's the problem. I think that's yeah. where you kind of hope like all right, Draymond, try not to get your ass fucking torn apart by Pascal Pascal Siakam. You know what I mean? Like. Which is Eric Pascal, which is probably someone the Warriors hope is going to sure. be good. Actually, another name. I, I mean, it's it's interesting because with him on on paper, like you look at the roster, like he should be the guy that handles AD, and he's done a good job against him in the past. past yeah, sort of just brings it back to Wiseman, where it's like, well, if Draymond's not that guy, you got to find that person somewhere. I mean, you got to think about your potential opponents, whether it's a Jokic, whether right. it's AD. Like you got to think about your the, the opponents, the teams you have to get through in the playoffs. And with Wiseman, can he do that the next three, four years? I don't know. I'm, I'm not so sure about that. But maybe there's a chance that he can. Uh, maybe he's a quick learner. Maybe he's made a lot. We haven't seen him play in a year. Maybe he's gotten a lot better in the past year. Maybe Golden State can see that in workouts. I, I don't know. But that's, like, to me, the Draymond, the Draymond question and the Draymond dilemma there is the, – really one of my main focuses with Golden State because to me I think they'll be back in finals contention if 
Draymond is like 80% of 2015-16 level Draymond. 80%. Like it doesn't need to be, you know, 100%. That's so unlikely right, to right. see from him. That was so long ago. But if he can be 80%, Golden State should be right back in it. But without that, without that presence, they lose so much on defense that there's nobody else on the roster making up for it right now, which is why like the Okoros of the world makes so much sense. Because even though Okoro is not, you know, you know, seven footer, right? Huge, and he and he's just got a strong body, and he plays bigger than he actually is. So somebody like that might might not be able to fill Draymond's shoes, but maybe he can, you know, kind of sort of do the PJ Tucker thing that they try to do against AD. With maybe I, maybe I do need to maybe I do need to think about Larry Nance because he at least fits the small ball four next to Draymond on defense. He can do a lot of the same things. Maybe they just um, get PJ Tucker. Yeah. You never know. Who knows? What happen- <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen with Houston? That's some wacky stuff. I do think that they need there. to, um, more than anything, they need length and athleticism next to Draymond and in any form. It can be a large wing, it can be a center, it can be someone living in between there. I just don't know that, like, you can ask him to cover the ground he used to cover when he was 26 years old. And also quite frankly, the teams he was playing on there also had him next to a lot of very long, intelligent defenders. Like right now it's, if they go small, it's him next to Eric Pascal, who's somehow smaller than him. And I like, that's just, that's just not going to, I mean, just you're going to outdate. <laughs> just they both, they both are not coming into camp in the greatest shape. That's for sure. Jesus. Uh, but what I was going to say is like, yeah, I mean, th- that can beat half of the Western Conference, but that's going to be a major matchup problem against the Lakers or Denver or one of the bigger teams. No doubt about it. And, and with this team, that upside is there. I mean, I'm sure Steph and Clay, there's no question that they're going to come back rejuvenate. They're going to have right. some seasons. I'm sure Steph is probably like a pretty good bet for MVP. Golden State's going to be good. He's going to put up numbers with KD gone, you know, now and, you know, motivated and, they're going to be a really, really good team, but championship level team that all comes down to Draymond Green and with him, who knows? Which is, which is the crazy part because I I've said this from the first championship team. Draymond was the second best player on the team. Mm -hmm. Like the splash bros is cool. It's a cute name, but the best, the second best guy on that team was Draymond. Like with, without a doubt, in my opinion. Um, And, and that's not someone we've seen in a few years. Like that's, in a way, like the way we talked about Denny earlier, he's not Draymond on defense, obviously, but he's just sort of that high-end glue guy that does everything for you. And if Golden State does stay at two or moves down to six or seven or eight or whatever, like they can find a guy like that. Uh, that's the thing about this draft. Everybody says it's weak. They say it's weak because the top picks all have huge major question marks and all of them have bust potential, at least compared to expectations. But this draft has a lot of players who I think are going to be winning role players. A lot of guys who can contribute to their teams early in their career, you know, at least at some level, and that long-term become those, like, you know, I hate to even say Iguodala. He won finals MVP. Sure. One of the greatest wing defenders ever. But yep. you kind of, you know what I mean. Like even Rocco, Draymond, Rocco. Yeah. Yeah, like, like Rocco. Covington, like Tucker, like these types. There's right. so many good players in the draft. And Golden State's going to be able to find that type of player it's just a matter of of where they, they they find that player and what else they get for it if it's a trade down but to me this is a draft with a lot of opportunity for the contending teams whether it's golden state up top or teams drafting in the 20s like philly and you know milwaukee and you know boston to find players who can help on rookie deals and that matters especially for teams that are in the tax like like Golden State. So I'm excited about this draft and I wouldn't be excited about this draft if I'm a fan of a bad team. I'm excited about this draft <laughs> if I'm a fan of a good team. A lot of, a uh, lot of, uh, what do you want to call it? Like a lot of guys who can hit singles or doubles. You're not yeah. going to find the home run hitter here is exactly. basically the best way to describe this draft. Unless like you, you'd want to like really take a big swing on like Pogoshevsky. Right. <laughs> Seven foot big man who plays like he's six foot three. Um, like he's a home run swing, but I mean, maybe you don't want to whiff when there's a single or a double available. Right. Yeah. That's and, Evan's favorite guy. Resident, <laughs> resident warriors, uh, draft. 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 Yeah. He, 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 he
like was top five. five. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like I him. Get, it's like him and Patrick Williams. He's like, if, if I'm picking that high, I just want to take the best tools. Yeah. I, I get it because you know, he's a, uh, I believe, let me, let me pull. I have a sheet somewhere. somewhere. You have him pretty high. You have him back in the lottery. Like yeah, that's like, that's oof. He, he's, oof. he's nearly four years younger than Obi Toffin. And he's <laughs> only five months older than Chet Holmgren, who, who we just saw on ESPN, right? Yeah. right? Who, yeah. Wow! It's so like <laughs> I didn't so realize he was. Years, yeah, I didn't realize he was that young. Yeah, I mean, five it's, months older than Chet Holmgren. He's not even nineteen yet. It's like shades of that 2013 draft where, you know, wasn't a good draft, and somewhere in the middle of the draft, Milwaukee's like, well, this <laughs> this Greek kid's got all the wingspan yeah. in the world. Oh. I don't know if he'll be good, but you know. Let's take hey, a man, shot on the I tools. Mean, with Giannis, I mean, there were tools. Nobody right. could have expected this. I remember I was writing for CelticsBlog.com at the time, and I wrote an article breaking down Giannis as a pick for Boston. And I said he could be like like a Nicholas Batum. Right. <laughs> you know, tie it back to him. I compared yeah. him to Batum with the skill and the length and open floor ability. And with Pokashevsky, I mean, who knows? Like, who knows? You, you cannot rule out higher upside for a guy who's seven feet, who is so fluid off the dribble, who can shoot, who can switch, who can pass. It's a lot of raw ability. And I, I understand the argument. Like, Evan, you mentioned has him top five. Right. I get it. I don't have him top five. I'm not that ballsy for him uh, to have him that high. But I'll probably have him ranked 10 to 12 in my re-rank, my final big board out this week. Look, Warriors can – Get him and then trade him. Trade the new Giannis for the real Giannis. You know, they could do a little. They could do a little. A little move like that. I look. They already found their guy though. They already found their Euro white guy. They got Smiley Geach. So Kelsey, I don't think. I don't think this this Alexei Pokashevsky is going to happen. But, Only room for one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. But we know you got to get out of here, man. So uh, hey, we appreciate the time coming on. Uh, I'm appreciate glad we your time. With, yeah, Batum, Batum comps, but I love it. <laughs> anything you, you so want much. to? Uh, anything you want to plug yeah, before you get out of here? I mean, just the, the Ringer NBA draft guide at uh, nbadraft.theringer.com has all my scouting reports, and um, we'll be updating it with the mock draft and a new big board later in the week. And plus, we have some awesome team needs pages from Danny Byron and Rob Mahoney that are in there. But it's it's great. It's a perfect like second screen for you while you're watching the draft and scroll through on your phone and all that. So um, I really appreciate you guys having me on. This is fun, and I and I can't wait to see what Golden State does on uh, Wednesday night and the free agency. It's huge next couple weeks. It's good to be back. All right, thanks, Kevin. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. That was fun.